your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey everybody, how's it going today or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, I'm actually recording this at 12.30 in the morning right now because I forgot that it was due uh, tomorrow. But anyways, um, the uh, the the question we have for tonight is, is from Jeanette, and she's asking about uh, what do you do about a horse that's spooky on the trail? Okay, so... We have some videos showing this. There's one really good one of uh, a horse that's afraid of an umbrella or seem to be afraid of an umbrella, um, but we'll simplify it even more. I was just recently uh, doing some work with a friend's horse, and they were talking about how if that horse even sees a flag, it would just go nuts, like get really spooky. And there's a point to this. Just stick with me here. So we didn't spend any time desensitizing the horse to the flag. Uh, Instead, we spent a lot of time getting the groundwork smoothened up, a little better control of the feet and the horse's body. We spent some time teaching the horse to turn loose in its neck and its withers and its pole, basically taught it to drop its head real nice and easy. So... Instead of worrying about, oh, this horse is spooky, we just started doing things to get the horse normal, meaning we got the horse relaxed and tried to release the mental and physical braces and or tension in the body and the mind. And if you have, if you have tension in one area, the mental, you're always going to have tension in the physical and vice versa. They complement each other. And the more you fix one, the more you fix the other, right? Okay, so after we did all this, then we just did a little more of cleaning up and reinforcing the the new and improved groundwork that we had spent like an hour on with this horse. And we started using the flag a little bit. Now, we were careful not to get real big with the flag. We were only using enough flag to get the horse to respond to you know do whatever action we wanted the feet to do uh for the groundwork whether it was lunging or backing up or whatever but every time the horse responded we lowered the flag or stopped shaking it or made it get further away from the horse or something like that so we basically just used timing and taught the horse hey you can actually control this flag so we said Instead of getting bothered, let me just show you what to do to make it to, to make the flag go away. So pretty quick after that, the horse simply started, for example, backing up instead of getting scared. Because now the horse knows how to uh, control the flag. It knows what the flag means. It has some understanding. So in place of the scaredness, we just put some understanding in there. 
So now the horse had something better to do than get scared, which would be back up or moving the shoulders away from the person on the ground. Uh, like if you wanted to turn the horse to get it to begin lunging, stuff like that. Uh, so, well, after we did a few more minutes of that, a little bit of exposure to the flag while just, you know, getting the horse more sure of the new groundwork, uh, we were able to start getting pretty brazen and careless with that flag. And that horse never got bothered, never freaked out. We were uh, rubbing it all over the butt. And all of a sudden, it looked like that horse had had 20 hours of flag desensitizing. So how that pertains to the trail is back to basically the root of what everything we're about is. And to, as a, to sum it up, the, th the thing is, when the human has good timing, good communication, good leadership, good consistency has a good seat, rides, you know, half decent, uh, spends some time getting some control of the horse's body, being able to move shoulders, hips, soften the neck, soften the pole. The better control you get over all of that stuff, the more tension you're releasing and the more understanding you are building between the horse and rider. It is actually the understanding and the sureness through all these things you train your horse with, the exercises, you know, all of it, uh, trailer loading, doesn't matter, anything. It is through the quality of that time spent with the horse that the horse becomes more sure. Therefore, the horse comes more confident. Therefore, the horse does not get bothered and tight and tense and sensory overload when a butterfly flies out from a branch and flies in front of it out on the trail or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, now, one really common question is, is, okay, well, I get all that and my horse is good at home, but then when I go out on the trail, it's not good. Okay, well, if you're running into that scenario, here's the thing. Your horse was not really good at home. It was just there was nothing to really pull the problems your horse was having to the surface. So, like, when somebody says my horse is really good at home, I'm expecting they could do the virtual clinic almost bridalist. The virtual clinic is the clinic on the buckroocrew.com which is a website with uh tutorials training videos uh problem solving etc if you if you don't know what the buckroo crew is that's what that is uh so uh m saying my horse is good at home you have to understand how relative that is like one person's opinion of good is going to be on a whole nother level of what another person's opinion of good is. Um, some people think their horse is good if he is simply not bolting and bucking and trying to run off every three seconds. Other people, their opinion of good is he can ride around bridalist, do flying lead changes, he never braces, he never stiffens, 
He has optimal balance. He can side pass. He can back up as fast as you want with only one ounce of pressure. Uh, his groundwork is flawless. He will do any type of groundwork with not much more than a thought from the human. Uh, so you have to be really careful when you tell yourself, well, my horse is good at home, so why is he bad here? If he's truly good at home, he won't be bad there. Whether there is out on the trail, a uh, place he's never been before, you know, whatever, whatever. So back to the flag story and how this pertains to the trail thing. See, that horse was never really bothered or scared of that flag. What was really going on is that horse was tense and tight and bothered inwardly and outwardly all over. The flag was just making it a little more obvious. The flag was simply bringing the problems more to the surface. When we got the root of the problem taken care of, the flag was not a big deal to the horse anymore. So that is why we have the the website, the Buck Crew Crew, the virtual clinic. Uh, one time somebody would say, um, you know, how do I get my horse better out on the trail? Hey, well, I, we, we already know, for one, that horse is not very good at letting you handle his feet. That would be a good, you know, that would be a good thing to help it. They're like, well, that has nothing to do with the trail. But the thing you have to understand about horses is, is everything is interconnected. If they're bothered and they've got, they don't have a lot of understanding or sureness, a.k.a. confidence, about being ridden, being saddled, being mounted, loping around, trotting around. If they're not real sure and they're tense mentally and physically and all that, of course you're going to have a horse that's spooky. He's going to be tight even at home but then he's going to be even more obviously tight when he's not in his most ideal environment uh so i've i've never had a horse where i said man this this horse's mind is real normal it's about where it should be and then i took him out on the trail and it was just bad they were always just as good out on the trail as they were at home but i always made sure that their minds were right before you know really even taking them out of the round pen so you've got to really consider that now let's say you're out on the trail and your horse starts getting a little tense and bothered one of the easiest things to do it's a little counterintuitive but jump him right into a trot on a loose rein Trot them out there kind of fast 50 feet or so, and then bring them back down to a walk. Or just keep them trotting a while. And without really getting into it, the reason this can be effective is because when a horse gets unsure, their instincts tell them to move their feet. And their instincts say that's how you stay alive. So when the human says, hey, Let's get, let's just kind of get out of here a little bit. Well, then those instincts really start liking that rider. And before long, those instincts will lower and allow that horse to kind of give himself up to you. 
So that's kind of one basic thing you can do. Another thing you can do is you'll never, well, never say never, but you'll never really, uh, you'll never really come across a horse that is really soft and really loose in his neck. Like, like right when you start to pick up the reins, he immediately breaks at his pole, tucks his chin in and lowers his head down. If you get one that's really good at that, really good at bending at the ribs and moving his shoulders, moving his hips, all the stuff in the virtual clinic, basically, you can't have a horse be 90% relaxed and loose in his body, is basically what I'm getting at, and have him be tight and tense, which is the ingredients for spookiness. You can't really have both of those at the same time. So if, if I had one week to take the world's spookiest horse. You know how much desensitizing I would actually do with that horse? Zero. I would do the stuff in the virtual clinic and the stuff in the cult starting series, untracking the feet, uh, getting the feet loose, getting all the braces out of the body and the feet, lowering the head, softening the pole, all of that kind of stuff. And... I guarantee it because I've done this a thousand times and I've tested all of this a thousand times with hundreds of horses. You will have so much more success doing all that stuff than you will just trying to desensitize them. And if anybody listening to this, if, if you've been around horses for a while and ridden a bunch of different horses, you will, uh, you'll you'll be able to know what I'm saying here and you'll be like, oh yeah, totally. But have you ever noticed how you can ride a horse that is completely bomb-proof on the ground? But then, and he might even, I mean, heck, he might even seem bomb-proof 90% of the time. But then there's that 10% of the time or whatever number to where he just goes nuts. Like he just loses his mind. So then you go back and you do more desensitizing and it's not really working. One time we did a poll, said, how many of you feel like the desensitizing has yielded good results for the amount of time you spent doing it? And like 90% of them were like, yeah, it didn't really seem to help. That is because exposing a horse to multiple objects will not necessarily increase his confidence. Yes, it may get him where he's not scared of that particular object if you do enough desensitizing to that object. But the reason horses are spooky is not from lack of exposure to objects. They're spooky because of lack of confidence. And they're spooky because of tension in the body and in the mind. So, uh, now another thing you can do. Let's say your horse is getting a little tense or whatever uh it depends on the scenario but in the moment let's say i'm going down the trail and there's something kind of off to the left that's kind of got my horse bothered or he keeps you know looking over there well i might kind of start bumping my right rein and bumping my right leg to kind of help draw his attention back to where it should be which is looking straight down the middle of the trail uh, that's another scenario. Now, uh, we had a, we had a member, uh, just a few days ago 
that kind of asked about this and said, hey, you know how you're always talking about, you know, you should get your horse to where they're not looking around all over the place. They can put their head in the middle and look where they're going and, you know, kind of focus on being in the moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, well, we were riding with a dog, and at first my horse wasn't real scared of that dog, but then my horse started getting a little goofy about that dog. And I tried making him look straight ahead and ignore it for a little bit, but that didn't really seem to have much results. But then I let him kind of reach down there and kind of meet the dog, you know, sniff the dog. The dog kind of sniffed the anyways. I kind of just let him examine it, and then from there he was fine. So, yes, there is a place where it might be a good plan to let your horse just have a little exposure to the thing that's distracting him. But, see, all of this stuff is, it's not 100%, because there's always variation, but kind of think of it as, you know, I've been, I'm kind of talking about, okay, well, here's what you can do if your horse gets spooky on the trail. These are all kind of more like putting Band-Aids over top of the problem instead of getting to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is what we were talking about earlier, confidence, tension, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that is that is the biggest thing. What We want to get these horses to where... You guys ever heard you guys ever heard somebody say they'll go they'll go, Hey, when you pull on a horse, what does the horse do? And then the answer they want you to say is he pulls back and they're like so it's like, Hey, hey John, when you pull on a horse, what does that horse do? John says, Well, Carson, he pulls back and I'm like, That's right, John, he pulls back. Okay, well, that's not actually true. If they're broke, they're not gonna pull back. They're gonna soften and give to that. So we spend a lot of time with these horses, especially when we start getting into higher speed and performance level. We spend a lot of time getting these horses to where if you pick up that rein, he needs to be softening at his pole and bending around or, you know, however you're, whatever you're wanting him to do. He needs to be already softening and doing that before you even take the tension out of the reins. And even if you kind of are kind of rude about it and you kind of bump the rein, well, horses that have braces, they'll kind of raise their head and stick their nose out a little. Well, they need to be to where when you bump that rein, they immediately drop their head and relax their pole and give to that, even if you do it kind of suddenly and rudely. So that, uh, that would be a good place to start. You know, a lot of horses are kind of soft in their neck. They can kind of bend some, and they're, they'll kind of break at their pole and stuff like that. But, like, for the most part, it, it's only, you know, it needs to get way, way better. Uh, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we're going to, we will, we will put up a video tomorrow showing, um, I've got one I'm writing right now for a friend, and he's starting to get truly soft in his body. And he's starting to be kind of a good representation of what that should look like, meaning an instant give and a really good release of the neck and the tension and all that. And we'll uh, we'll put that up on the Carson James public uh, Facebook group so everybody can go on there and watch it to kind of see what I'm talking about. But anyways, that's the kind of things you really want to think about when it comes to 
a horse being spooky on the trail or when other horses ride up behind him or when a dog is around or, you know, whatever. But never, never get stuck on one thing. Like, don't be afraid to experiment. You know, like the, the one lady, the member I was telling you about, she, she tried making him just kind of, kind of making him look straight ahead and just kept saying, ignore the dog, ignore the dog. But then when she let him examine the dog and kind of meet the dog, then that, that kind of fixed the weirdness that the horse was having about that dog. So never get, never get stuck in one thing. Be willing to try a little bit of this and try a little bit of that. But here's the beauty. If, if it, if it's going to work or if you have the ability to take whatever it is you're experimenting with, if you have the ability to get it to work, you're going to see it start to work. Not big changes, but you're going to start seeing small little changes and improvements within just a few minutes. Like people say horses take a really long time to learn. It's it's not really that. It's that humans take a really t- long time to learn how to teach it. Uh, horses are Horses are capable of learning little things like this that we're talking about extremely quickly. Now, a bridle is flying lead change. Yeah, that, that could take, you know, that could take a little time, but, uh, stuff like this, you know, they, it's kind of more like when we just start riding them right and start having some decent timing and, you know, stuff like that and some good communication, you'll just see that horse start to get better on his own and that really is the the truth of it uh there's uh in the virtual clinic footage about halfway through there's this lady she had this uh really good looking really nice looking but real kind of tense spooky sorrel horse he had a blazed face i think so i don't know a good 30 minutes or so of that virtual clinic is me getting on that horse and just trotting it around on a loose rein and uh you know, bending it a little bit here and there and backing it, but trying to back it with good timing of the release and just trying to do some things where this horse started to have some understanding. And the horse wouldn't really stand still for. So we did all of this stuff. We actually kind of did everything but standing still or practicing standing still. And after that, the horse would just stand there real calm and relaxed. So it was like, hey, my horse won't stand still. We didn't even work on standing still. We just worked on getting the horse normal in his head and his body. And uh, then after that, he, he stood there, you know, pretty dang easy. So it's it's generally stuff like that. The A lot of the times the problem is not necessarily where it seems to be. That's just where it happens. That's just where, where it looks like the problem is, is just kind of where the problem is surfacing kind of like that. So we could talk all night about this kind of stuff, but just know that it's more about the human's ability to communicate clearly with the horse to thereby increase his confidence to the level of his self-preservation, letting down allowing that horse to turn loose mentally and physically and that's that was actually a really good recap of this whole thing so all right you guys have a good night and we'll see you next time 
You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real. Simple. Horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends. 